Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 25th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 13, paragraph 5, beginning with my friend. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Sarah W., the 12 Traditions, Diane G., and reading the text, Terry H., Marie P., and Charles H. The reference number for yesterday, which was Monday, November 24, 2014, is 7058. 7058. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues and fees or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. Grateful to be here today to read the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon 
OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA group, every OA group ought to be uh, fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction, Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you when I pass. Thank you, Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 13, paragraph 5, starting with my friend. And I will ask Terry H. to get us started. Good morning, Melanie. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant, self, it meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of the Light, who presides over us all. And good morning. My name is Terry H. I'm from Maine. And these two paragraphs... Um, uh, just uh, give me a lot of hope in this first paragraph. You know, the promise, the promise of a new relationship with with this power um, really gave me a lot of hope that I could um, make a new beginning and uh, lay aside 
all my old beliefs and that, you know, that this could be replaced with a, a wonderful, effective personal relationship with, a, with this power. In the second paragraph, simple but not easy, um, you know, where it says simple, you know, I always complicated, you know, um, this whole process, I just complicated it. Um, didn't realize it was that simple um, where it says but not easy. You know, for me, it was, it, that means, you know, I had to take action and where it says, you know, a price had to be paid, you know, that meant for me, you know, going to any lengths and that price that had to be paid was, you know, what was that price? Um, and the price was letting go of my, my self-will and my thinking and my actions of, in, you know, thinking I can do it my way. So I had to lay aside, you know, all those um, beliefs. And it meant destruction of self-centeredness. And, um, you know, that to me means, you know, this this was going to be, you know, uh, just a blast to my ego, you know, if I wanted to be free and live this new way of life. And I really had to ask myself, like, how was how was my way working? And um, and then where it says, you know, I must turn in all things to the Father of the Light who presides over us all. You know, this to me means, you know, um, I had to really just take off my gloves, you know, put down the food, turn to this power and, you know, pick up the steps. And, you know, I'm so grateful that there's a way out for all of us, and um, by the results of working the steps, you know, I have found, you know, the message is hope and the promise is freedom, and I never have to feel that way again and, or go back to the way of, of that life, and um, I'm so grateful that, you know, the 12 steps are here and that, you know, I've had, had an experience, and um, with that experience, I continue to have this relationship with a power greater than myself, and um, I'm grateful to um, be abstinent today and sharing on the line. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry. Who would like to comment on what was read today? Marcella. Larry. I hear Marcella and Larry. Sarah W. Sarah W. And one more person? Kim. Kim, is that what you Okay, great. Thanks. That's what I have then. We'll start there. Marcella, Larry, Sarah, and Kim. Good morning, Marcella. Good morning, Melanie. Good to hear you. Um, Marcella, recovery composer over here in Boston. Um, what a bold proposition. Like, this is a way of life that is going to solve all my problems? That sounds a little too much. But then when we read that, uh, what happens is that I need to destroy my ego to let go of myself and my will and my thoughts and my brilliance and my intelligence and my degrees and what I want and what I think and what I feel. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Now, how? what is the very first step to, to reduce my ego, to take care of that? To acknowledge that I need you. That left to my own devices, I'll end up in the fridge, stuffing my face, eating what I don't want and what I don't need. Not that I will need, what I don't want. I'll end up eating against my will. So that's the very first beginning. That's the beginning of humility. I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I need to be with you. It's beautiful that it begins with my friend. My friend told me. So we need one another as all these holidays are approaching and mountains of food are everywhere. How are we going to emerge triumphant and abstinent and recovered at the other end of the holidays? Not only emerge triumphant, but being able to show up to the celebrations and figure out what we can contribute to life by sticking to one another. If we stay together and we just stay together in intimacy, that's the first reduction of the ego in my experience. And then together we can find God and God can find us. 
And then once we have that, we don't need the extra food. And we can be happy, joyfully. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marcella M. Larry Kay. Thanks so much, Mel. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, I think I'll, I'll focus in on uh, the. Pr- I, I love reading uh, about a price had to be paid. Um, you know, we hear sometimes, you know, freedom is not free. My freedom was not free. I thought it was, and uh, and I continued to not pay the price. I was unwilling to pay the price. But what was the price that had to be paid? You know, it was very clear. It was destruction, annihilation of my my will, my ego. And uh, and I thought when I used to read that, okay, when I'm into the food, that was the only price that resonated with me. <clears throat> I had to put down my food, but you know, that was not really what they were referring to. Of course the substance had to be down. Of course it had of course I couldn't be drunk, you know, uh shooting up heroin as I'm as I'm proceeding through this practical program of action. Of course not. You know, that's that goes without saying. But um but the price that had to be paid was destruction of my ego and the way that I was gonna pay that price and come into conscious contact with God, form a new relationship with the, the higher power of my own understanding, was by working through the steps and doing this practical program of action, that somehow that was going to allow me to access, for the first time, access to that power. Lack of power, that was my problem. It was never food. Food was a symptom. My fat body, sad to say, just a symptom. So was the way I treated people. They were all symptomatic of a a spiritual sickness. And uh, when God came to me through my wounds, you know, um, I was transformed. I was transformed. And it didn't happen to me overnight. I wasn't sprinkled with pixie dust. No one waved a magic wand. I eventually was willing to pay the price. And then thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous because I'm a different guy. Different guy today. All right, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Tara W. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, to you. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. You know, I I see a lot of Step 12 because it's talking about it. It says I would have the elements of a new way of living, which answered all my problems. Um, And as far as um, the way that comes about, in Step 12, it talks about um, practicing these principles in all our affairs. And I guess, um, you know, the thought comes into my mind that um, it's it's promising me. I mean, Debbie is basically promising the fact that when I would uh, complete this, that I would enter a new relationship. I think so many people think that, you know, when they walk through the second step, that they should have it and, and it should be there. And it really does take the process of working the steps and continuing to work the steps that that, that relationship evolves. And I, as Larry was talking about, you know, the a price had to be paid, and it's not easy. It isn't easy, and it takes a lot of humility, you know, to say that I need the help, but I'm incapable of doing this anymore, to concede to my innermost self that I have this problem, and that no matter what I've done, has I've, I've not been able to control 
uh, or function in a way that has provided me with peace. You know, uh, we don't come in here because we're at peace with ourselves and with life. And, um, you know, I wrote in, in the column, it's, I wrote, uh, you need to give up two things with food and your self-centeredness. And I think that's so true. It does use the word must. It says, I must turn in all things to the Father of light. And a lot of people, I've, I've had phone calls about, you know, how do you do this when, 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 when really, you know, stuff comes up that's really big stuff, you know, divorce, loss of a, a loved one, um, you know, uh, loss of a job, loss of a home, um, illness. And, you know, are we ever really able to control those things? No. And how do we walk through those issues um, and, and have sanity? You know, we can have sadness about it. We can have feelings about it. But do we have to numb ourselves out? No. And I think the idea of, you know, we walk with the fellowship, but the fellowship can't can't keep us lifted. It really has to be, you know, it's an inside job, as they say. And you know, I you know that I love I love Bill's words. You know, in all things, I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. And I don't need to think too deeply into it. I just need to look at the fact that today I'm abstinent. Today I have, you know. Um, sanity when it comes to a lot of the things that I'm facing and that I can have anxiety but I can give that over to my higher power and I can walk through it with with integrity and dignity and I'm so grateful for that and with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you Sarah W. Kim G. Thanks Melanie. Good morning all. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. My friend promised when these things were done I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. What are these things? These things are the steps. We saw here that it took eight pages for Bill to come to the conclusion that he was powerless, another four pages to come to the conclusion he needs a power. And now in step 13, I mean page 13, we basically went through steps 3 through 10. And when those things were done, he entered into a new relationship with his higher power. You know, I love the shares we've had, you know, simple button and easy, a price had to be paid. You know, I'm someone that, you know, if you, I want the results and maybe I'm going to do the work. You know, give me the degree and maybe I'll take some classes. You know, the price needs to be paid, the destruction of self-centeredness. This whole entire step process has been set up as a program of subtraction. We are getting rid of our self-centeredness so that we can get connected with a higher power again. And I think to myself, you know, well over four years ago, I had a very severe ankle injury, and I had surgery and physical therapy, and my doctor told me it was going to be 12 months for me to get better. And I may not be able to walk if I do not do the things that he is prescribing. And what I would do is every month I would go into the office after one month and say, why aren't I better? And he would say, because I told you it's going to take a year. And I would go back another month later, why aren't I better? Because I told you it's going to take a year. And he let me know over and over again that it was my choice. Was I willing to to walk through the pain of physical therapy? Was I willing to do the homework at home and not just at the physical therapy office? Was I willing to to do all the follow-up? And if I was willing to do that in one year, I would be able to walk again. And if only if I did the work would I be able to walk without a lip. 
Yet I know in LA, I would look at these steps and, and I would put down the food and go, why don't I feel better? Because you have to go through with the rest of the steps. For years, I did steps one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And I would go back into the food and go, why aren't I better? Because I never went through with the rest of the steps. How many times did I write a fourth step and never give a fifth step and go, why aren't I better? A price needs to be paid. I need to go through all the steps. I need to put down the food first because I need to be absent in order to to have the clarity of mind to walk through these steps. And what is this program of subtraction? What do we, how do we get rid of self-centeredness? In step four, we look at our resentments, our fears, our sex conduct. We get rid of those. In step five, we tell someone them and we get rid of them. In six and seven, we acknowledge our character defects and we ask God to remove them. In steps eight and nine, we get rid of our guilt, shame, and remorse for those things that we've done to others. And then in steps 10 and 11, we continue to clean up the past and we begin to grow and, and grow that relationship with a higher power. And in step 12, we practice these principles in all our affairs and we carry the message to others. Because I don't know about you guys, but I often can't feel God in me and I can see God in you. That's the power of carrying this message. So it, once again, my friend promised when these things were done, when these steps are done, I will enter upon a new relationship with my Creator. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Would anyone else like to share on what was read before we move on? Hi. Like, yeah, this is Vasa. Good morning, Vasa. Um, you can go first. So I heard someone else. Who did I hear? Yes, Nancy O. from Ohio. Hi, Nancy O. Vasa first and then Nancy O. Good morning, Vasa. Thank you, Vision, for you. And good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa O. Grateful Recovered compulsive overeater calling from Florida, and uh, boy, I can relate to Bill's story because that's what happened to me. I my friend brought me into the program, but she did 12 step me for about a week before she brought me to the first meeting, and my friend just kept on reassuring me. She was such a gentle person, and she would say to me, "Trust me and believe me." If you follow the directions, the way they laid out in the big book, and things, you'll get better, you know. And at that time, I was more interested about putting the food down. But then I heard, if I didn't work the steps, you know, and I would go back to the food. And I didn't, that was the last thing I wanted to do, go back into the food. So I did come for the vanity. I thought maybe I'm just going to lose the weight and I'm going to go I'm going to go back home, you know, and leave the program program like I did the Weight Watchers or other programs. But there was something different in this. There was just something different. She said, God is going to do for you that you cannot do for yourself. And I remember saying at that time, I don't care who does it for me as long as I don't have to do it for myself. So I, you know, again, I just listened and listened and very carefully. And, yes, I did lose the weight within six months of my program, and I thank God that I stayed and I heard the people that went before me, you know, if you're going to leave, you're going to go back into the food addiction. And I had seen some of my friends. They left. They came. They, some of them didn't want to come back because they were ashamed. They wanted to lose their weight and then come back. Well, it's the other way around for me that I, you know, it was just the other way around. I needed to work the program, 
and everything else is going to come in place. So it is adapting a new way, you know, of thinking and doing, you know. Um, price had to be paid. Letting go, number one for me was letting go of the food. And then, because I didn't want to go back into the food, and gradually I continued working the steps, you know. I didn't want to go to step four and, you know, tell everybody what what I did what or what other people had done to me. But my sponsor said, you've got to do the steps the way they are laid out. Otherwise, you're going to go back into the food. So, again, I needed to have the clarity to work the rest of the steps. And the tr- transformation started gradually from doing the old things to doing new things, you know, putting the surrendering to God with the food, getting on my knees and asking God to keep me abstinent, going to meetings, making the phone calls. You know, it's a program of action. You know, God is not going to bring it back, bring it home to me. I needed to go out there and work it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasha O. Nancy O. Good morning, everybody. Nancy O. Recovered in Ohio. Grateful to be here. And, you know, I'm really, as we read, simple, not easy. A price had to be paid, and it meant destruction of self-centeredness. Well, I've been on a journey and uh, came in last, uh, last October 2013. My binge foods went down. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, recovered January of this past year. I think thinking instantly I was going to be cured and uh have arrived, you know, and uh it's been a slow it's been a slow process and um I didn't feel recovered right away, but I'll tell you, I didn't necessarily find um a lot of peace after doing my fourth step, but in doing my tenth step and making calls with other recovered women and on this line that's where I've really, really started to see um, see the the self centeredness in the way my thinking goes back uh, into the same same thoughts, and um, I'm just so grateful. Uh, you know, I, I also had memories of childhood come storming back, and you know, I'm 59 years old. One would think I would have worked on that. And I did to some extent, but that was really scary. That was something I didn't expect, but I had two choices. I could go back face first in the food, or I could move on with these steps and, you know, get the help I need and work these steps. And uh, I'm just so grateful. I'm not alone. I'm growing and you know, just now starting to get back in balance. Um, and I'm just so grateful. And thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy O. And before we move on, was there one more person I thought that wanted to share? Katie F. Okay, good. Katie F. You would be the last one, and then we'll move on. Good morning. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I would have the elements of way of living which answered all my problems. So he's saying that, you know, it's not just about the alcohol. It's not just about the food. It's not just about losing 70 pounds and, um, you know, getting to buy size, you know, whatever clothes because I'm finally, for the first time in my life, at my goal weight. 
you know, that happened 26 years ago. And now in the uh, the days and days and days in between, this still is a way of living that answers all my problems. You know, I, I if I just had an eating problem, then, you know, I could just find a diet and, you know, a diet that works and, um, and be on my way. But I had a living problem. I didn't know how to deal with life in between meals. And this program has given me a way of doing that. Um, you know, I had a, a, my sponsor told me years ago that I could weigh and measure everything. And that's the way I live my life today, that I, you know, not only do I weigh and measure my food, but I weigh and measure, you know, whatever's going on in my life. And I commit to things on a daily basis that are difficult. And, you know, I pause when agitated or um, disturbed. And I, you know, technology keeps getting better. So I can send a text in the middle of the day and, you know, reach out to someone and, and tell them what's going on. And, um, you know, I can make calls in my car and, you know, these are all part of the elements of a way of living. Um, I don't have to to just keep recircling the drain, which is what I did before. You know, I would do well for a while and then I would go back to the same old thing. And I've known people in these rooms that have, you know, been recovered and then, you know, they had too many people calling them. They had too many sponsees. They had too many you know, too many uh, commitments and they didn't know how to deal with it. So they, you know, just thought it would be easier to just, you know, have a slip so then they can get rid of everybody. They use that as an excuse to, you know, get back to, uh, you know, because they couldn't handle handle life. And But that's not um, how what we have to do today. That's not what I've had to do. I haven't had to keep going back to old patterns of, um, behavior. It doesn't mean life is perfect and I never have insane thoughts and I don't, um, you know, have to just really, you know, do another four-step over a situation. But this program does work in all conditions for every situation. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie and now we'll um, continue our study moving forward on page 14, the second paragraph. Marie P., will you um, read that paragraph and share on that for us? Yes, I will. This is Marie P., a convul- compulsive overeater, recovered. They were These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I felt I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of the mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. And that's... That's great. Okay. Bill accepted the drastic revolutionary proposals and the effect was electric. He felt great peace and serenity, utter confidence, lifted up in the great clean wind of of the mountain blew through and through. When I came to peace with it, it was quiet and love-filled. 
I was sitting quietly after step five. Many new thoughts came to me, and I knew a great connection. And that was so wonderful because I was really not a person worthy of a great connection with my God. I had been in denial of God for such a long time. And and he came to me with love. And he gave me all these pleasant thoughts uh, and, and corrective thoughts and ideas of pursuing in the future. And it was just wonderful. Uh, it, it's so important for me to interact uh, with the newcomers and, mem- and members of this OA group or the OA as a whole because it helps keep the good, the great love fresh in my mind. If I get a little bit sloppy and start to forget, uh, the emptiness is very apparent and very painful, and I'm tempted to go to my food for comfort. The great peace and serenity Bill shared with his God and I did too, are well worth the drastic revolutionary actions put forth in this book. Um, And and yes, it's so important to keep it fresh in your mind. Um, I never never had to uh, pick up food as a result of the pain and discomfort. But it's apparent that it's it's just a slip away. I have to be very careful. And the only way to protect myself is to keep my relationship with my God. And I pass. Thank you, Marie P. Charles, can I share? This is Bella, can I share? Andreanice? I'm sorry. Charles, Bella, Janice, and Fallon. Let's go with that lineup for now. Good morning, Charles. Hi, good morning, um, Team Tuesday represent. Thank you, Melanie, for your continued service. Good morning, all visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much. I recovered visionary just for today. And, um, yeah, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. What, what were drastic? The 12 steps are definitely drastic proposals. But, you know, for me, trying to stay abstinent without taking these drastic proposals is like holding my breath underwater. Like, how long will I last with that? And and, 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 I, and, and I was doing, you know, you know, I go to a lot of meetings, a lot of face-to-face meetings because I have an opportunity to because I live in New York City, the Big Apple. And, you know, um, I had an opportunity to share at a beginner's meeting um, and, and 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 it was it was on step one two and three and I, and, and I just busted down. I had ten minutes. I was like, I couldn't do it no justice in ten minutes. But I broke it down from like you know Bill's story from what we're studying here. Studying here, you know, I touched a little bit on one one through eight, like you know, identifying in with all, all the drama and all the things that did to fix the outside. Then I got to page eight and talked about the quicksand and I met my master and all that. And then I got to um. You know, we're, we're, we're building. Let me just get. It's I can't give you the qualification because it's not going. It's not going to work. But the drastic proposals 
is, is when I fully accepted them. See, I was floundering in, in you know, uh, before the drastic proposals, I was, um, I was loitering with an intent to recover, you know, um, without taking these drastic proposals and fully accepting them. The effect was electric. And you know what, like, my sponsees, I meet them at meetings, man. Like, not just big book meetings, because sometimes we got to be the big book. You know, I'm hearing in, in meetings that people are afraid of the truth. People are afraid of the drastic proposals. A lot of sponsors are giving sponsees mixed signals, like, you know what, yeah, I need you to do this report, that report, this report. And the sponsees are crying out for step work, and they're not giving it to them. So that's why when I have an opportunity to share in a, in a meeting, sometimes we visionaries are the only big books in these people's lives because they flounder and talking about Thursday and, you know, Thursday is Thursday. You know, there's a vision for you meeting Thursday. They got all this emphasis. The disease wants you to put emphasis on, oh, my God, Thursday's coming and, you know, the chain around the fridge and all this food. You know what? When you're in a recovered state of mind, um, you will feel that mountaintop blow, uh, that blew through and through. God comes to some men um, um, gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. When I took these drastic proposals and fully accepted them, you know, I can't be floundering up in here no more. I can't be, you know, wasting time up in here, man. I ain't got no time to be wasting, man. I'm doing some step work. I'm getting to people. And, and, and I'm talking especially to, to the men in my community, man, they dying, man. They in and out. They they going to meetings and they not getting. We we need sponsors to recover. I tell my I, I tell my sponsors all the time. We need to get to stepping because you need to get to go helping other people, and that's what the purpose is all about. Bill and Abby was the greatest example of, of, of sponsoring and sponsor. It's greatest example, and and I spend most of my time watching these movies and trying to study and study and study and try to pick up something I didn't get because I want that mountaintop experience every single day. And with that, I'm going to shut up. My name is Charles I eat too much of a recovery vision. Thanks. Thank you, Charles H. Bella G. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love this whole paragraph. Every word in this paragraph is such, has such a power. I will talk about there, there was a sense of victory. Yes, a sense of victory. Be, before the program, I was in my own prison. I built the prison. I was a prisoner of my ego. My ego directed me to to a prison. I, my ego wanted and pushed me to be perfect, to know everything all the time, to be perfect, not to be able to do mistakes, to be a people pleaser, to do everything that everybody in this world wants for me. And nobody wanted something. I wanted to be perfect to do everything, to ignore my feelings, to ignore my will. I believed that what I mean is nothing. I have to please others. And this was a prison because I came to 
a selfishness. I came to believe in my own power. I, be I came to believe that I am here to make the world wonderful, but only you have to change. I am perfect. And if this world is not wonderful, it's only because of you. And I, most probably, I don't have the willpower to change you. I am perfect. I don't have to change. And thank you, God, that now that I'm in the program, I fully accepted. Yes, I fully accepted. Step one, I accept and admit that I am powerless. I am a happy human being, and this is the way that God wants me to be. I am powerless. I have all the time opportunities to learn, to change my behavior. I always have the opportunity to learn from your experience and to to, to change my way of thinking. Yes, I accept and admit that I don't know everything all the time. Yes, I accept and admit that I can do mistakes and I have opportunities to say I'm sorry, to make amends and to continue to be connected to a power of acceptance, of loving, I am no more connected to my ego. I live in victory. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Janice M. Well, thank you, Melanie C. This is Janice M., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, I'm going to dissect this uh, paragraph because this is Bill's story. This is his experience that I can identify with because I am recovered today. And my experience is the same. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. Well, what is revolutionary? Oh, my goodness, I thought it was so radical, so extreme, so extreme. However, revolutionary produced a radical change in me from disease to recovery. This whole paragraph is the first part of step 12. Because it says, all right, now this says the moment, the instant, the moment is an instant thing. And for Bill, he had a spiritual experience, which is sudden, which is instant. I didn't have that. I had a spiritual awakening. The same thing, only mine was more gradual. I don't know when it happened. I do know when I implemented these drastic proposals, which is uh, when I started the action of the steps, then it started to happen. But Bill's experience was once he accepted these tenants at the time and then he expanded on the, on the 12 steps, it was electric. He was shocked. It was like a, a, a white light. I didn't have that. And that's what it says. A spiritual experience is an intense, and it was a profound that's the first part of the 12th step, which I received after I finished step nine. I had a spiritual awakening. Well, it started in step five, but anyway. So this is what it's telling us. He's had a, he had a sense of victory. He was, he was completely defeated. Now he could see and feel a way out. And then he got contentment. 
I mean, isn't that my goal? That was my goal. I always wanted peace, serenity, and contentment and a way out out of this white-knuckling abstinence. And that's what I received through the grace of God. I just want to say that, you know, my disease was drastic. (laughs) Was it ever? I was on the verge of divorce. I had knee replacements. I had high blood pressure. So, I mean, you know, so recovery for me was the exact opposite, the exact opposite of my disease. And I couldn't understand my disease, and I still don't, and I don't understand recovery. And recovery is from God, my higher power. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet M. Sally A. Good morning, Mel. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And um, this is just a wonderful part of Bill's story that we've got here, and he's such a wonderful writer. So we see here these were revolutionary and drastic proposals, just to take another pass at this. That word revolutionary, it means extreme or radical. And it says in the Big Book Dictionary, characterized by or producing radical change. Radical change. Those are some very, that's a very strong definition for a very strong word. Revolutionary, because that's what it was for Bill. He was having a revolutionary change. So when he says these were revolutionary and drastic proposals, he's referring to the bottom of 13 where you've got this little recipe for becoming recovered, for developing a new relationship with your creator. You've got a recipe, the elements of a way of living, belief in the power of God, plus a pinch of willingness, a pinch of honesty, a pinch of humility, which of course means the absence of self-pride, self-will, and self-assertion. And going on, it says here, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. And this is the beauty of the way this man writes. In the paragraph previous, he talks about the father of light. I must turn in all things to the father of light. And now suddenly, a paragraph later, a sentence later, he's telling us the effect was electric. Can you see the connection, the father of light? And the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. And he's harping back. It's like he's tying, he's taking this gift of that he's received, that the story that started when Ebby walked in on page, on page 8. And he's, he's basically tying the whole gift together. On the middle of page 12, Right smack in the middle, he says, that statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. And here, harping back on the mountain, he's now standing on the mountain with a great clean wind of a mountaintop blowing through and through. God comes to most men gradually but his impact on me was sudden and profound and I want to end by by bringing your attention to page 93 top of the page where we have these beautiful italicized words the very end of that paragraph it says the main thing and it's harping back on the bottom of 13 and establishing the essential requirements of becoming recovered this this is um, another way to say it on page 93 uh, top paragraph there in italics Last sentence, the main thing is that he be 
willing to believe, that's what it says on the bottom of 13, in a power greater than himself, something outside yourself because you're just simply not enough. That he, the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. And that's what you see in these elements that are going to bring you to a new relationship with your creator. Willingness, a pinch of willingness, honesty, and humility. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you. And there's time for at least two more people to share on this before this hour closes. Who would like to share? Alice. This is Paula. May I share? I hear Alice, and I hear Paula, and and then Leah, if we can get that all in. We'll start with Alice. Good morning, Good Alice. morning, Melanie. Good morning. This is Alice, a um, newly recovered compulsive overeater, and I apologize for introducing myself differently yesterday. I forgot what meeting I was on. Um, uh, the, the simple price that had to be paid, um, destruction of my self-centeredness, and I have just recently gone through the steps. Um, and I tell you that um, um, the, the revolutionary and drastic proposals for me have been the inventories, um, four-step inventory, moral inventory, um, the eight-step um, amends inventory, how, who and how I hurt people, um, having the willingness to clean up my past wrongs, and the tenth, the daily ongoing inventory, um, where I have to promptly keep my side of the street clean. And I think that the revolutionary and drastic proposal, how I felt it that way, was that it required um, rigorous honesty, which was something very foreign to me. Rigorous honesty, and um, and that's you know just having gone through that very recently, I just feel like there's been such a shift with me. It's almost like um, having had been in labor and it's going very very slowly very slowly and then and then finally you get a shot of pitocin in the old iv bag and just race through race through it at the end and um mom my you know bill talks about um his you know that god his impact on god's impact on him was sudden and profound um for me my spiritual awakening um, it comes to some of us gradually, and that's how it came to me. Um, but it has been profound these past few weeks, just absolutely profound since finding my way um, with other support and love along a secular path um, to this program as an atheist. And I just, I have to say, I love this program, and I so thank you, Bill Wilson, and thank you, Jimmy Burwell, who is referred to as Jimmy B, who is um, AA's first official agnostic, who who taught. Thank you, Bill, for teaching, or thank you, Jimmy, for teaching Bill, and thank you, Bill, for having an open mind um, about the importance of keeping this message, the message of this program, inclusive to all believers and non-believers. And I just think, you know, what courage and perseverance these two individuals had. And they are an example for me, um, a total example for me on, on um, you know, living in those principles of, especially of taking action, you know, of having the courage, of willingness to change, willingness for Bill to come around and, and realize that his early evangelism was possibly harmful to others, um, willingness to Jimmy B for changing and softening up also. Um, their incredible service to others. 
and their perseverance, you know, amongst adversities, both of them. And I am so um, willing to be of service today. I just love being of service today um, and helping carry this message in an inclusive manner. And just thank you, thank you, thank you to these two people and to all the women that were in the early um, recovery service too. We don't hear a lot about them. Um, I think her name is Henrietta Sieberling. You know, just all the incredible people who stood up and just followed, took action and followed their, um, you know, their principles in this. And thank you, thank you. I may be dead had it not been for this, you know, and, and, I, and I'm just very committed to passing this message today. I thank you. Thank you, Alice M. Paula D. This would be Paula D. First, thank you, Melanie, for your service. I will be mindful of the time. My name is Paula D. I am a compulsive reader recovered by the grace of God. And I'm going to circle one line. There was a sense of victory. Who would ever know? Who would ever think? If you read Bill's stories, you would say, there's a loser if I ever saw one. And you read all the details. And yet this is what he says. There was a sense of victory when he totally surrendered. I just thought that seemed like another paradox in the program. But I'm going to go followed by such. Look what happened here. Followed by such peace and serenity as I had never known. It wasn't to be until total surrender would victory come. And then he says there was utter confidence. Utter confidence in this man. Look at where he was. I mean, he's in a hospital ward for alcoholics. Utter confidence. Is that anything but God? With that, I do pass, and I thank you for the time given. Thank you, Paula D. Leah M., we still have time. Thanks so much, Mel. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. And yes, obviously, this is Bill's story. And yes, he had this uh, sudden white flash, white light experience in Towns Hospital. You know, prior to that point, he was still gagging badly on the notion, uh, you know, that he needed a power greater than himself. But, uh, you know, there was this moment where he broke down and, uh, you know, reached out to a power of his conception, you know, if there is a God, you know, let him show himself to me, uh, was the way, you know, it was uttered. And the room lit up with a white light, and, you know, it was sudden, and it was spectacular, and it burst upon him that he was a a free man. And absolutely, it was profound, because he entered Towns Hospital in 1934, it was, you know, uh, selfish and self-centered and an egomaniac and who who couldn't stay sober and he left that hospital a free man and you know but obviously in his writing he did reiterate here God comes to most men gradually and that's why as you'll notice in the back of your text there is an appendix entitled spiritual experience where Bill writes that this is an unusual occurrence. This uh, spectacular upheaval is not common. Um, For most people, it is a gradual process. Um, 
you know, that uh, where, you know, it says in, from the appendix, he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. And again, that's a result of these 12 steps. These step, the step process that transformed Bill, the step process that transforms uh, you and I, where, you know, the the uh, implementation of these steps clear away a channel and allow this serenity and peace and correct perspective on the world to come in and uh, we too can be free. So uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah H. And it is time to close our meeting. And I thank everyone who shared today. We will close with reading with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Charles H. please read, uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answer will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trust the world of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.